What's up? What's up? What's up? How y'all doing? How are you feeling? I'm feeling a little bit better. This is the third. I think this will conclude the FUBU series. I'm so happy. Um, I'm so happy with the response that we have been getting from it. I appreciate y'all. I always, I feel like I do this the same shtick. I'm just always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you, but I really do appreciate y'all for listening and sharing the show. So we're going to jump right into it. Hot topics. I want to talk about the influencers, the beauty influencers, using the Black Lives Matter movement um, as a means to to do blackface. Um, this one is brought to, um, we love, love B. Scott, but this one is brought to us by Days Digital. Influencers are doing blackface to show solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. I wish I was black today more than ever, says someone. Um, this is not the time for the bullshit. I want that to be understood. Pass that along. Um, this is not a trend and I've seen a lot of it on Twitter, which I am still on. Um, when you get a chance to follow my Twitter at Carmine Davis, um, we are gearing up sidebar. We're getting up, gearing up for a new program. Um, Carmine now it will be live streamed. So you might want to follow me on all my handles. They're all Carmine Davis. But anyway, back to the beauty influencers who are using the blackface. And it's not just the the beauty influencers. This is influencers everywhere. Even some musicians and some some um, rappers and singers. I, I noticed that. And this isn't the time for the bullshit. Okay, you're either with it or you're not. <laughs> so the fake solidarity keep the bullshit it's not cool it's not cute it's not funny it's not going to help your views it's not bring something to the movement or get out the way go back to posting a new eyeshadow palette review go back to doing acid on snapchat um this don't don't do that because it's real this isn't a joke um influencers okay let me go (laughs) let me go back to the post i'm supposed to read the whole article okay this is from days digital influencers are doing blackface to show quote-unquote solidarity with the black lives matter it's been two weeks since demonstrators first took to the streets in the biggest global protests against police brutality and systematic racism in a generation Sparked by the murder of George Floyd at the hands of a white police officer on May the 25th, the protests have begun to make real-world change. Amen. Cities in U.S. have pledged to defund the police, and companies are finally addressing their problems with diversity. One group seemingly still clueless about how to support Black Lives Matter is influencers. I agree. First, they were posing at protests for clout. Now they're doing blackface to show solidarity with the movement. On an Instagram post, satirist and sociopolitical activist Saint Ho, who I love, shared screenshots of influencers who painted their skin black, along with a brief history of blackface. They wrote, how can you, quote unquote, spread awareness about a subject you know little about? 
If you genuinely care about a cause, the least you can do is educate yourself about it. They continued, it's infuriating that we still need to educate people about the racist and painful history of blackface. We shouldn't be having this conversation in 2020. One post by, I'm not sure how to say her name, Sohelia Ben Lashab. Lashab? I'm so sorry. Um, she's a Algerian influencer in half blackface holding hands with herself. In the caption, she wrote, year one. Just because we are black on the outside doesn't mean we are black on the inside. Racist people are the true black heart ones. They are black on the inside, though they do not know it. Another photo shared by at Fantastic FHD sees a portrait of the influencer in blackface with lighter skin hands resting on his face and chest. Quote, humanity should be our race, he wrote. Love should be our religion. Influencer Tanaya Salah shared a quote-unquote photo montage of a black woman with her own face photoshopped in. In the accompanying caption, she wrote, I wish I was black today more than ever. Sending my love... <laughs> this is... <laughs> Sending my love and full support to the people who demand equality and justice for all races anywhere in the world. When called out for the blackface by her followers in the comments, the influencer replied, I have posted... With, I have posted this with love and I will not remove it despite all your offensive comments. I wish you would. Um, one influencer, Rashmi, Rashmi Zoral Man. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering your name and if you're listening or if anybody knows this person and I'm butchering their name, I apologize. Names are extremely important. And because I want you guys to know who to target. Um, <laughs> called out by Saint Hoax has deleted a makeup tutorial in quotes a video she shared, which saw her paint her face black and write words across the, her chest. In an apology post, she wrote, I apologize for creating a work that was deemed insensitive. I could not express the colorism I intended to express, which was colorism that Indians face. And how Black Lives Matter has given a voice to the discussion, even in our our country, of deeply entrenched racism. Two of the influencers criticized in St. Hope's post have since made their Instagram accounts private, of course. Blackface gained popularity during the 19th century when white actors would paint their face to portray characters of Black people as part of minstrel shows. At the time, Black performers were not allowed on stage. <laughs> These characters characters would enforce racist stereotypes of Black people as lazy, criminal, and dim-witted, all for the entertainment of white people. These quote-unquote minstrel shows were often the only depiction of Black people that white people saw, encouraging them to feel superior to Black people who they would mock and allowing them to think less about their, the horrors of slavery. Instead of racism, here's a number of ways to support the Black Lives Matter movement. And I will put the link in the description if you can't attend protests. You can also utilize this list of anti-racism resources to educate yourself and stay engaged. If you got to say something, I'll post everything in the description. Um, if, you, if you're not educated, don't even worry about it. This isn't a... Um, just a cool little hashtag on Twitter that you can just chime in and say whatever. 
Um, this is our shit. I named these last three um, episodes FUBU. Um, if you're not familiar with FUBU, side note, it's For Us, By Us. It's the clothing brand that um, started in the 90s. As African-Americans, we tend to make everything stylish. Uh, we were wearing Tommy Hilfiger, uh, Dolce Gabbana, Chanel, and they refused to even put our faces on their posters, on their ads, on none of us, none of the models that walked looked like us or maybe one or two. We were just dashes. And FUBU created a brand that looked similar, but was in our styling. For Us By Us is kind of the theme of these last three episodes because it's important for us to be able to tell our stories because you see what they do with it. Uh, they turn it and make it into a mockery. They either ignore us or they turn it and make it into something else. And it's not all, it's not just white people or anything like that. It's just people, period. Um, there's been a lot of black influencers who's used, who've used this, a lot of rappers, a lot of actors use this as a vehicle to get more followers or let people know that this, and it's not something to be, this is not, this is serious. I went to, I, you probably won't be able to know by any of my previous shows or, um, tweets, but I am college educated and music uh, was my major where I got my associates music industry. And we did a whole chapter on menstrual shows and um I don't know why I knew about the menstrual shows beforehand so I don't really buy that whole we did not know it was offensive why why would you why would you think it was okay to paint your face black why didn't you post photos of black people? You with a black model. It defeats the purpose. Does that make any sense? You are shouting black lives matter with, by you being a Caucasian or anything other than black descent, painting yourself as such and screaming black lives matter. I don't like the beauty world. Uh, <laughs> I participate. I, you know, um, I'm, um, people have forever wanted me to be in that lane and I don't, there's a lack of education that a lot of these people have a lot, a lack of knowledge, um, a sensitivity chip missing that a lot of these people have to be able to go around and say what you want, do what you want all in a, just in the, live your life by the means of just the clicks. It's about the views and to me, I can't get jiggy with that shit. Um, I think they're important, especially when that's your bread and butter. I think that is, but once once it's in line with integrity, um, people are always going to disagree. There are always going to be people who don't like what, what, no matter what you post. There's a lot of people who don't like. I've saw some people unfollow because of the FUBU episodes, and that's that's perfectly fine. But this aligns with my integrity, um, and a lot of people don't have that. They don't have a sense of uh, where the, to draw the line. It's about what is popular. They have to they have to follow this way without even educating themselves on it. Any project I do, I, I I educate. I take the time to learn what it is. Uh, 
why can't what made you go and run and go buy who let you buy that foundation <laughs> and then to turn around and paint it paint yourself halfway black or paint yourself fully black like a light-skinned person and post it with some horrible tone deaf caption i wish i was black more than ever today what the fuck just say i'm doing this just to you know like <laughs> to post something why this is not a joke this is not a joke i don't know what to tell you hoes i i feel like so many people and y'all follow these people these are people who are making a mockery and setting us back and y'all and they're to refuse to delete it after being called out on it this is offensive to your a good quarter of your fan base and your response is to turn your page on private and leave it up which goes to show that you're not in alignment with the black lives matter movement why would you want to why would you purposely leave something like that up and holler that you're with us but we are offended There goes that privilege. But anyway, that article is going to be in a description box. Let's move it, move it, move it. Let's move it along. Usually right now we do an artist spotlight. This is the artist spotlight. And I've been trying to do one of Danny D. Kane. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm no teacher, but I like to educate a little bit. I want to talk about the black influence and how black music has changed the music scene forever now we could go all the way back um from the 20s uh starting with um uh like louis armstrong um uh what was the name of the album hot fives and seven session um how and how it revolutionized jazz beforehand Jazz wasn't considered really cool. And Louis Armstrong made it cool, like we always do. Um, even in uh, like the 30s, I, I don't know the exact year, forgive me, but um, there's a sister Rosetta Tharp. Um, she was a young girl who played the guitar. Uh, she got up there and people would come far and wild to see her. She's considered the godmother of rock and roll. And she went on to inspire Elvis Presley and Little Richard and um, a lot of musical greats. Uh, she just got entered into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I want to say 2017 or 2018. We had Billie Holiday in the 30s um, and who was singing songs like Strange Fruit that put a lot of a spotlight on racial injustice. Miles Davis, um, in the 50s, he showed us what cool was like. Miles Davis was completely cool. He's the face of coolness. Um, Chuck Berry, he was in the 50s. Fats Domino's in the 50s, or is he in the 60s? And then you had the Motown. Motown became the sound of a young America. We became cool with the teenagers, with Jackie Wilson and uh, Diana Ross, Marvin 
Gay, The Supremes, The Temptation, The Marvelettes. Um, Barry Gordy created a whole functioning label. Ray Charles in the 60s um, and him moving into country music and having country musical influences because that's what he was grew up, grew up in the country. John Coltrane, psychedelic rock. But my focus, I want to talk about the names that you do know, but you have no idea how much they influenced you. Uh, Aretha Franklin, how she brought worship to the pop charts. That sound, she's the originator of that, bringing the church, the Baptist church, to the pop charts. I never loved the man the way that you, the way I love you, respect. You make me feel like a natural woman. That made her the queen of soul. Nobody was bringing the church, the Baptist church, to the records like Aretha Franklin did. Jimi Hendrix with the electric guitar. This is a black man playing the shit out of an electric guitar in the 60s. Showing us how to do it. Sly and the Family Stones in the 70s. The Parliament Funkadelic give up the funk. Like, after, you know, James Brown exploded on soul music, you know, he made it popular. He was like the original Michael Jackson. He had Sly Stone. And then became psychedelic. George Clinton um, with the two groups, um, uh, Parliament and Funkadelic. Um... Other groups like the Ohio Players, and then we got Earth, Wind, and Fire, Cool in the Gang. These people were the the soundtrack of the movement. People were going out who didn't look like them, buying their records and relating to them. Um, then you had the 70s, uh, Gloria Gaynor um, with her, uh, first I was afraid, I was petrified. Like, Gail Strait, she took it to the disco. It became... Um, a train that was moving, I Will Survive, is the theme for so many people. White, Black, Asian, all of everybody. But this was a sister. Then you started going into the, the late 70s and the early 80s with Bob Marley. Um, was he, he was the first person in 78 to headline the One Love Peace concert. Or was it um, was it One Life? One Love or was it One Life? It was One Love Peace concert in 78. So many people. And you had from the 70s, eight, early 80s, and you had Michael Jackson breaks MTV's color barrier. Wasn't, wasn't he one of the first people to, one of the first music videos on MTV? Um, you had Billy Idol and David Bowie and all these cool guys, but then Michael Jackson took it and took it to the moon. Prince. He unleashed Purple Rain in what was 84. Then you had... NWA, the CNN for color people, <laughs> James Brown is the most sampled artist of all time. Whitney Houston redefines the blockbuster in 1992. You take it to the 90s. We had had a hold on this game. Tupac makes hip hop poetry with Dear Mama and all these things showing that the black man is a poet. He could also be hood and a poet. But you had Biggie bringing us to the clubs. This was in the 90s. Then you had Jay-Z making rap big business. Leading the way for our girl Beyonce in 2016. And then Kendrick Lamar wins the Pulitzer Prize in 2018. Childish Gambino takes aim at a modern America. And here we are today. Our music has been the soundtrack of this movement. 
And I just want to take that time to spotlight that because so many times I feel like we we take it for granted. Um, African-Americans, our, our music and our sounds and our songs. These people, a lot of these people don't even own these songs. They were still slaves and masters to the record industry, but our music, our art, our, our creativity quietly opened those doors that we're kicking down today. The fact that people during the Black Lives Matter movement look up and they realize that Black lives do matter to them because it's all, it's all, it's in their life. We're all in everyone's life. We're an influence to so many people cross gender, sexuality. It doesn't matter. Black people, we are in your lives. And I believe that it's because of music. Our stories have touched lives. They continue to. And unfortunately, a lot of our great I feel like our great activists, our singers slash activists are no longer alive to see their work. I, I do sometimes I was I, I sit back and think I know this sounds really, really crazy, but I do wish Michael Jackson was alive during this. I wish I wish Prince. I wish Aretha. I wish Whitney. I wish um, James Brown. I wish that they could cut Tupac. I wish that we could have them step to a mic one more time. And speak for us. And see how far we've come. And I hope they don't mind how far we got to go. We need music. We need sincerity. We need Black voices. And I just wanted people to um, to take the minute to appreciate those people, because I appreciate them, who screamed, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud in front of white audiences that could have killed them. <laughs> back in the days when black lives mattered even less than they do today, there were people who paved the way for us. Patti LaBelle and the Mar, you know, the LaBelles. <sighs> so many names traveled the Chitlin circuit and 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 then also came to um American Bandstand and sat up there Tina Turner and sat up there and and sung for us sung for the people sung our stories sung wrote these stories and sung in front of these people and we we're in these people's homes and without people to look up to and be like oh they're they're black I, I just I just wanted to spotlight those artists that came before me and those artists that came before our movement who had the tra train rolling before 2013, before the Black Lives Matter movement began, who gave us a soundtrack for our anger when we see another Black man down or a Black woman down, another transgendered Black man or woman down in these streets by the hand of police brutality or um, race, racially motivated crimes, music. I'm gonna make a soundtrack, I'm make it collaborative and I want you guys to add your, your parts as well. It'll be on Spotify. I want you guys to check it out. 
But thank God for music. Thank God for the artists that came before us, Stevie Wonder, who weren't afraid to spotlight the injustice, injustice, to sing it in front of people whom they might be quivering, but they sung these songs and people heard them. They heard our stories from people who looked like us. And I wish a lot of them were still here because we need that. We need that so badly right now. Shout out to the people who, the artists that are stepping up and doing it from a sincere place. Let's go on to the next subject. Um, Keeping up with our theme of the Black Lives Matter movement. And of course, our last segment is always dedicated to love. Because although I might have my my activist wig and my afro on, but I'm a lover. And um, a lot of my friends, including myself, I'll admit it have interracial relations and I'm not at this time with anybody um, of a different color but I have been I haven't really dated um, I haven't dated dated much out of my race occasional date here and there fooling around or whatnot but I always I always wonder what is it like right now in interracial homes a lot of some of my close friends are in interracial interracial relationships right now. And I always wanted to know how do you navigate? Especially right now when things you come from two different worlds. And maybe beforehand, maybe you're new. Maybe y'all never really discussed racial issues. Maybe it was kind of casually brought up, but now it's time to talk. How do you navigate that? How do you date someone who is silent about black struggles? You're dating someone and, you know, you see all this going on. You're sharing your posts. You're getting your girlfriends or your your dudes together to go to a protest. And your baby hasn't really said much about it. She might have shared one or two posts, but she hasn't checked in on you. Keeping with the theme, I chose Ebony. My favorite, one of my favorite magazines. I can't. Ugh. Ebony. If if everybody's had an Ebony magazine on their coffee table growing up. Stop dating non-black people who are silent about our struggle. Ebony magazine. Black people are just standing up and demanding to be seen and to matter in ways I have read about in history books, but have never experienced in my lifetime. Whether we are talking about the movement for Black lives or say her name, as a community, we are requiring that our full humanity not only be recognized, but that safe spaces be created in an expression of that full humanity, whether good, bad, or ugly. Of course, Black folks' petition to take up space extends to the police who take oaths to serve and protect us and the political leaders who are responsible for enacting legislation that will hold those who oppress and abuse us responsible. But our demands must also extend to those who have claimed to love us. The notion of loving Black people radically is not a new concept, and loving Black people radically means more than just sexing us, partnering with us, or even creating family structures with us. 
It means bearing witness to our struggles and our pain. It means transforming silence into action regarding these struggles and that pain because we all know that silence often means complicity. And we're out here trying to get all the way free. In an essay published on Medium.com titled Stop Having Sex with Black People, Aisha Mason gets to the root of having Black people radically especially with regard of interracial dating and specifically whites who date blacks. She writes, I have noticed a trend of white people who like to have sex with black people, but never actually show their solidarity with black people when shit gets real. It's like they can fuck us unapologetically, but can't stand up and speak out for us unapologetically. Frankly, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing my white friends with mixed babies ignoring the racist realities of the country that are plaguing the black community. I'm sick of white people fetishizing black bodies when they're laying up with them and then continuing to objectify black bodies as they lay bleeding in the street due to a trigger-happy racial profiling cop by justifying that officer's actions or just completely ignoring the tragedy altogether. To be clear, it's not only whites who desire black bodies in their beds without being outwardly concerned about what happens to similar black bodies in the streets. Many other races of men and women stand for anti-blackness while laying with black bodies. Mason's thesis is clear. Keep your hands to yourself if you can't use those hands to uplift black people in our ongoing struggle for liberation. Don't use your voice to tell black folk how beautiful they are if you can't also use that voice to champion our causes of black lives mattering. Otherwise, non-black people dating and mating with black people are showing us that they can only commit to loving parts of us, but not all of us. And in the words of Mama Toni Morrison, then love ain't love at all. That's some real shit. All right, let's talk. The rest of the article will be, of course, in a description. This is the part where I might offend, and um, I'm okay with that. Um, One, being an African-American man, I do know what it's like to be fetishized more than I care to count. Um, But um, seriously, uh, I feel like what's happening in the streets is not too far from what's happening in the sheets a lot of the times. Um, I think that they're similar in a sense of a lot of white men and women want to be um, overpowered, um, want to feel the comfort of being with a strong black man or a strong black woman. But do not in return in return they fear us i think a lot of the time it's it's like having your own uh lion in a cage but if that lion got out of the cage you'd be afraid it'd eat you and i think that's I could totally see a lot of those cops killing black men on the street having black men and women in their bed at home because i feel like the sexualization of the black man is a lot of the motivation, but that's a whole nother thing. That's a, that's me bringing my psych hat out, uh, my philosophy hat. We won't go into that. That might go over a lot of people's heads, but I feel like once your partner is silent, 
you have to ask yourself, are you the lion out in the streets that they love? Are you the lion in the cage? Is it okay? Is it cute when y'all take pictures together and her little little black heart besides y'all caption? Is it cute that she talks about how uh, big your dick is or how, you know, amazing. He talks about how amazing your body and her big booty is to your white friends. And is that okay for her to be quiet about how you could get gunned down in the streets? A particular friend of mine, um, they got pulled over. She, she has a black boyfriend and they got pulled over. And she literally verbatim saw it with her own eyes, how they mistreated her, how they mistreated him and made her call her parents to come get her. This is a grown woman. She's older than me. They pulled this man over for, what was it, a taillight or something? They pulled him out the car. They roughed him up. She saw it with her own eyes. They made her cause someone to come and get her. They arrested him. She was completely silent through the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I saw you, girl. You didn't post a thing. That's privilege. And you not speaking on it. You don't love Black men. You love the idea of Black men. That's injustice. That you witnessed and because you didn't speak on it, baby girl, that makes you, you're no different than an oppressor. I have another friend who um, only dates white girls. I used to go to college with him. And he used to always say how he only liked light skin or white women. They had an issue similar involving the police. They were at a fair. Um, they were leaving the fair, our Jackson Fair, and from where I'm from, Jackson, Mississippi. And they pulled them over and he of course got pulled out of the car all this that and the third and she asked could she go home it had nothing to do with her and I've been telling them forever you know I don't get I get that you're attracted to who you're attracted to I totally understand that you like who you like but the idea of a lot of black men and women feeling like once they get to a certain point, the black, it's sort of like a consolation prize or um, a level up. And it's clear, you can see his claim is that some of the men who were walking with the Black Lives Matter movement and screaming and shouting, a lot of actors, they've never seen a black woman naked. And I always, uh, that's confusing to me. Or it's been forever. They haven't seen a black woman on no Gucci sheets. Maybe back when they had the cotton, the it was good enough in their college days. But now they get a little money. They go get Becky. But when it comes down to protecting, nobody protects you like your own. It is what it is. Um, but... Love happens, and I do believe that interracial love is real. I have some girls who will ride or die for their man and everybody that looks like them. They have been in marches. They have been vocal. They have told their testimonies. But for those girls 
are those boys who have been writing me and messaging me and asking me to sleep with me or go on dates. But I, you are mum talking about how much you love a BBC or this, that, and a third. And you are mum to any of the issues. I'm not fucking stupid. A lot of you are down and you talk that talk until, but you, you know, you, you're Lakita in the sheets, you know, but when F, when shit rubber hits the road, you're caring. You're afraid to come in my neighborhood because you think it's black as hood. Is it safe? How does that work? Y'all got to wake up. I do believe in interracial love. Who, you know, who's to say? I might be one of those people who have a white husband. But that white husband will be educated. That white man will know my struggles. That white man will be down. Or you can't sleep with me. You can't lay up with me. That is so unsexy. And if you're with somebody right now who you know won't go hard in the pain for you. And I feel the same way about Latin and Latino and like the Hispanic community. I've dated a lot of Hispanics. I learned Spanish. I'm aware of what I'm educated and the plights that y'all are facing. I'm empathetic. I, I, I'm there. I'm vocal. I expect the same in return. So what, what makes white people different? Accountability is my issue. And I understand that it's uncomfortable but maybe that's an uncomfortability that, you know, maybe that's a fantasy that you need to keep in your mind if you're not ready to get out there and go first and stand in front of your man in front of his oppressor. If you can't go up for your girl when she's being mistreated at work about her hair, you don't deserve a black woman. I don't I honestly don't feel like any of us deserve black women in our lives. <laughs> I don't, I just, I just don't. There are the goddesses and they've been so oppressed. They are walking goddesses. How you don't see and cherish and take care of black women, no matter who you are. They are the best in any of their fields. As a, as a business owner, I would trust the black woman before I trust anybody. They work hard. They're beautiful. We really don't deserve them. So if you can't go up and exercise your privilege to stand up for a black woman, then you don't deserve her. Black men are the same. We're strong. We're beautiful. Walking gods. If you can take a big black cock, but you can't take um, some criticism when you post that your man's life matters, you're in the wrong Hey, get get with an Italian stallion and and chill. I hope that makes sense. I know this is awkward um, for a lot of them, um, a lot of interracial couples. I don't know how. I know just who I am and how I'm built. I would have broken up with probably just off the strength. We're done. <laughs> right before a protest, we're done. I'm done, but 
you know, I know that this has been an element of stress and I feel like it's, don't be a fool. What you see is what it is. And if your partner has not spoken out, spoken to you and spoken publicly about the injustices that's, that are going on around them, if they can't also correct their family when they're in the wrong, they're not the ones for you. And that's the show. This concludes the FUBU series for now. For now. FUBU might might necessarily. I think I think this is a good week, a good time to go ahead and conclude it. Thank y'all for listening. This is a little tough love. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening again. Make sure you follow, subscribe, the Carmine Davis Show everywhere. We're on um iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and make sure you follow me on all my socials at Carmine Davis and the Car- at Carmine Davis show I bless y'all y'all be safe out in these streets I appreciate y'all for listening